Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Sixteenths to go. Moment of truth time for Papa's Golden Boy. Papa's Golden Boy has a lead by four. Sluice tis whiz. Now angles to the outside second. And then his top executive, five-star General Majestic Eagle. Sixteenth to go. It's Sluice tis whiz who sweeps on by. Sluice tis whiz in the Long Acres Mile. Horse Racing Northwest. Emerald Downs Podcast. Our final cast of the Regular season here at Emerald Downs for 2022. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here. And we just heard the stretch run of the 87th Long Acres Mile. Washington Breads 1-2 for the first time ever at Emerald Downs. Happened at Yakima Meadows in the 90s, and you had to go back to the early 60s at Long Acres. Uh, the most recent time it happened there. So... Those two heavyweights meet again in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. Speaking of Sluice Tizwiz and Papa's Golden Boy. Yeah, so that you just said it. That first time it's possible for that to happen at Emerald Downs since, uh, you know, it's the first time Washington Breds have run 1-2 in the mile. So I think we've got Sluice Tizwiz 7-5, Papa's Golden Boy 8-5. Okay. Of course, that could go either way on that one. There's a lot to like for both of them. Which way are you leaning there, Bill? You know, I'm going back and forth. I'm looking at the PPs now. They'll run on uh, Sunday in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. And, you know, there's some sprinters in this race. Obviously, Papa's Golden Boy's got a different class of, of early speed. Yeah. But, it, you know, you know, Firewalker, March on, these are all horse coming out of sprint races. And I didn't, I didn't get what Forever Gold was doing in the race because he seems to be a, a five furlong horse at best going a mile 16th. And he's got speed. And he's also trained and owned trained by Vince Gibson and owned by, by Lusk Racing. I don't know if that's just an ent entry to get the race to go. Um, but, uh, you know, Sluice Tizwiz is the only one that really wants to go the two turns. And I'm going back and forth. I want to pick Papa's Golden Boy, but I might go with Sluice Tizwiz. You know, last time after Long Acres Mile, it wasn't his, his A performance on, on September the 4th. 
Um, but it wasn't a bad performance either. And, and I just think he's going to get a great trip once again. And, you know, I'm going back and forth. I, I wrote down five. I wrote down Papa's Golden Boy as my pick. But, you know, more and more I think about it, I'm probably going to go with Sluice Tizwiz. If you're looking for a third horse in the race, spitting image yeah. would probably be it. And he has, at least last year, he was an effective two-turn horse. But certainly he hasn't been able to keep up with those top two this year. He hasn't, not as of yet. He broke a little slowly in the mile, never really got into that race at all. Uh, his governor's was, of course, very strong running third, but that was six and a half. And he's won going two turns before. But uh, Papa's golden boy, he's never won past six and a half furlongs. So that's the big question. But boy, what an awesome race he ran in the mile. Yeah, and he actually ran a pretty good race in the 2021 mile too right. he didn't run bad so i think he's routed just fine he hasn't gotten the win but he's been you know those races he has run at a mile were against the top caliber horses on the ground so I three mean, straight long acres miles yeah so i think he's proven that he he certainly can get eight furlongs that is race number nine on sunday closing day getaway day the muckle shoot tribal classic at a mile and a 16th free admission on sunday Free admission to all. It's Fan Appreciation Day. And we've got two other stakes as well, which we'll be talking about. The Washington Cup Philly and Mare Race at a mile and a 16th. And the Gottstein Futurity with a loaded field of 12 two-year-olds, of course, all going two turns for the first time. On Saturday, tomorrow actually, we're doing our podcast on Friday this week. Uh, we're going to remember Chinook Pass and his North American record set on September 17th, 1982 at Long Acres. That sprint mark still stands on the dirt in North America. That's pretty amazing, Vince. Sure is. And he, you know, he had run a, speaking about a horse on the stretch out, he had run a good second in the mile as a, as That's a, right. yeah. as a sprinter that year. And I uh, ran huge beating older horses in the, was it the speed or the governors back then? He won them both. He won them both. Yeah. So uh, he oh, was, he yeah. was amazingly fast and, you know, everyone knew that five furlongs was going to, he was going to be virtually invincible that day. I think he was one to five in the wagering. Beat a pretty good field though, uh, with Jody Davidson up. And uh, the late, great Mark Kaufman actually called that yeah. race. And uh, yeah, uh, hard to believe 40 years have passed. We'll be playing that one tomorrow. Uh, and Jill Hallen will be out, who took care of Chinook Pass his last 20-plus uh, years. And boy, did she take great care of him as well. And so we'll have some memorabilia as well at a table for Chinook Pass. I'm trying to verify that 1983 two governors i know he won two sprint stakes this year that year actually the media guide is cutting yeah off right there. i remember he was there that no, he did he won it yeah i was there that day where i think he built be tilt the balance and he which just, is extremely rare yeah then and even now for a three-year-old to win uh open sprint stake that just doesn't happen that often in in the northwest anyway it doesn't of course back they then, have their own division they for had their one own thing. divisions that would fill like uh crazy back then and i remember after that uh the race going in the mile gary bays actually took off him understandable because you know he wasn't sure if he could get a mile and i think jody davidson Ooh, pick, right. picked up the mount in the mile and got a good good second that year to pompey court and gary, jody was whooping it coming back like he had won the race because running second was a great achievement for that it horse was. then of course he won it in 83 
as a three-year-old. And uh, I think Gary Bays wrote Hallowed On Boy. That's correct, yeah. Cal. You remember Chinook Pass at all, Bill? That's going back to 82 and Bill's a little younger than us, yeah, too. Yeah, he is. I, I am a little bit younger, but I, I was... Here's the, here's the thing. I was watching racing back then, but it was really difficult to watch racing in the Pacific Northwest. Sure. So there's my, my built-in excuse and all that. We would get like... One race a week. Uh, I grew up in Chicagoland. We get like one race a week uh, from New York or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And we get, oh my goodness, I get to bed Belmont this uh, on a Saturday. It'll be it'd be cooked into the card as well. So it'd be a special whatever race it was yeah. on the card. And you know, and so that 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 that's the reason why I. I did not know yeah. all the history uh, I, of yeah. that. So. There was a show called ESPN exactly. that had down the stretch where they started showing stretch runs of all the big it, races around the country. And that might have started a year or two after that. A year or that. two after that. But Sharon Sharon Smith. Sharon Smith was the first actually host. met her at Santa Ana. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, if anyone who doesn't know Chinook Pass, put it this way, uh, none other than Lafitte Pinkai said, Affirmed was the greatest horse he ever rode, but Chinook Pass was the fastest horse he ever rode. We're going to play speed. that quote yeah. on the big screen on on uh, Saturday, tomorrow. He, uh, yeah, you know that race in the Gottstein, where I think with the Bell Rainier won, and Chinook Pass didn't break. That's about, I mean, I know he finished last, but him rushing into contention about the fastest I've ever seen a thoroughbred move. I mean, you just he see this not a fast breaking horse no. like that first stride or two but he would get those feet moving oh, right man. after the start and incredible was, to watch yeah yeah and it was kind of a shame the long acres mile of 83 his victory was his last career start yeah and he was on tap to possibly run in that first breeders cup sprint and uh because sure. he had won the eclipse award the year before as champion sprinter no, in 83, he won it. 83 Excuse Eclipse me. Award, yeah, the year of course, he... the year before the Breeders' Cup. But that's all racing yeah. history, as we say, but okay. sure, certainly one of the great greats in uh, in oh, our state. And what a life he led. It's just amazing, the appearances, public appearances he made and his uh, friendly nature. And So we're going to remember Chinook Pass on Saturday at Emerald Downs. How about weekly honors from last week? Yes, sir. We got those here. We go with uh, jockey Juan Gutierrez. And I think, what did Juan have? Six wins last week. So yeah. Finishing up, you know, this is the 18th time in 20 seasons Juan is going to finish in the top five. That's strong. That's real he strong. He was a contender for our last week's trivia question as well, which we'll get to later Okay. On Horse Racing Northwest. Trainer of the week is Candy Kreiderman, four wins, and she might be having her best ever season here. I think she's up to 26 wins. Yeah. Uh, owner Alan Bazell, he could have gotten trainer one of these times too, but uh, Boz with Pearl River Delta. Now three, two, and three, and eight starts at the meet. Forty-eight grand in earnings, and uh, another one of his clients, Mike Phillips, on Zip and Sevens, who will be in the walk-up uh, filly and mare stake this this uh, Sunday. So Boz with four-year-old fillies this year, what a season he's Tremendous. had. Washington bred Tig, okay, owned and bred by Candace Lumley and Michael Baldoz. Very good. Those are last week's uh, award winners, and of course, our, as our tradition here, we'll be recognizing our. Uh, season award honorees in the winner's circle this weekend most of them on sunday because uh there's some big races sunday that are going to determine those and then claimer of the meet is just completely wide open as it usually is as going it usually into- is i think there's seven horses with four wins okay. uh, one of those is stakes horse um and a few of them are in action this weekend and going right down to the last race on sunday antecedents mm. whose dam 
is the uh, older sister of California Chrome and a nice little bit of racing history. Really? Yeah. Trivia. Yeah, has had quite a year at the lower claiming levels. Uh, four wins and two-thirds and six starts. So yeah. uh, certainly one of the contenders. But, you know, uh, Bill was asking me earlier today, well, what constitutes the claimer? Yeah. But, but that's different strokes for different folks, right, Joe? I think so. Uh, you know, I always like raw numbers, like the most claiming wins means a lot to me. If, like if, if Antecedents is the only one with five, I'm pretty sure I'll vote for her. Mm -hmm. I don't care what level they are because, it, you know, some horses are better than others, but it's a claiming award, so I'll do that. But some horses, they maybe start in the claiming ranks yeah. and go up to stakes and some people, well, you know, I'd rather prefer to give like it to someone. Like you're the cause? Yeah, like someone who did it all in the claiming ranks or whatever. So it's, you know, it's a... Uh, I guess the semantics things. I'm with you. I always look at the wins, and I tend to want to just go for the real blood and guts type claimers that have been, you know, locking horns in those races all year. What was your opinion on that one, Bill? Uh, not just the wins, because you know, winning, uh, you know, twenty five, thirty five hundred dollars claimers as opposed to winning our upper claimers. For example, hydrogen mm -hmm. is somebody I I would put on my short list. Prospera, you got to have Prospera, yeah, but Prospera's but, got four wins. Hydrogen is in on uh, Saturday and is going for his fourth win. Yeah, yeah. so right. do you? He's, he's been yeah. strong. So how many claiming races do you need to be in? And then also, how of the wins that are not in claiming races? Mm -hmm. How much is that? The criteria we have is just you only need to appear in one claiming race. Right. and But you have to start for any award. You have to go race twice at the meet. So right. a horse like Maybe I Will, who won a stakes earlier at the meet, uh, the first Philly and Mare stakes, is not on the ballot, even though she's stakes winner because that was her only out at the meet. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Got, all right. Yeah, very good. That's and Blazing a Bella Blue is on the ballot because she has only raced once, but she's in on Sunday in a stakes race so if she were to win that she now all of a sudden she's got two starts with the win in a second in stakes races and that's so, going to get my vote if if she wins yeah so and i'm still not sure how wild wonder got horse of the meeting because he only ran here one time i that one slipped by me somehow well maybe other tracks have different criteria no, we, but, we but ours that, since though. i've been here yeah it's yeah. always been two you have yeah. to start twice Okay, uh, some other milestones. We know that Doris Harwood is retiring at the end of the year. She had a gallant run from five-star general there in his final start. Uh, Roy Lum's going to retire as yep. well. Uh, boy, Bob Bean. What, what a record. We want to recognize Roy on Sunday. Roy is number six all-time in Windsor. Excuse me, number seven now. Yeah. Lane Wright has moved ahead of him. And you mentioned Bob Bean. He's going to train in Southern Cal, maybe at Fresno or possibly Los Al before the end of the year, but uh, this will be his last season. We'll miss him, man. He's, uh, he, he participated and is a friendly guy. Yep. Got a lot of stories. Uh, John Parker is certainly going to win his fifth owner title in the past seven seasons. He has really made a commitment to Washington yeah, racing. Yeah, and, you know, 25 wins in a season is, I think, third highest ever here, or yeah, fourth highest ever right. here at Emerald Downs. Behind Chad you know. and Josh's record. They had 32. Keith Swaggerty had 29 one year. So, okay. yeah, a great, great run for John. We had a record opening day handle back on May 15th, 2.3 million. We've had uh, 70, I believe, is the number. It's right close to that of 20,000 or more purses, way more than in the last few seasons, uh, last five or six seasons. First time we ran a mile and 70 yards this year. Uh Alex Cruz hasn't won it yet, but he is on the fast track to win three straight titles. By the way, Alex Cruz is going to join us today on Horse Racing Northwest, as is owner Bob Wilmot. Connie Dahl, we've said that, oldest jockey 
to win here at Emerald Downs, uh, broke her own record, 63. George Rosales had a great season. It's not going to be his first training title, however. Grants Pass, he's yeah. had a couple titles down there. Um, he's finished in the top three here now, I think three straight years, though. And, uh, yeah, he's got a seven-win lead, I think it is, going into closing weekend. Very good. Okay, so that's a little bit on the owner, trainer, and jockey front, and claimer of the meet. Just some really good racing this weekend. The Gottstein Futurity is that on your uh, picks list for later in the show? Yeah, I okay. got. I like two horses in that race. Good. Okay, I think I'll pick that as well. And uh, Vince has made the morning line. Got the morning line all done for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nice. Done yesterday. Yep. Very good. Okay. So uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with jockey Alex Cruz here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700 as they reach the top of the stretch. You gotta catch Zippin' Sevens. Zippin' Sevens has a lead. The lead's two lengths. Defending champion Princess of Cairo shifts to the outside second. Buybacks in third, Lady O'Prado's in fourth. Sixteenth to go, it's Zippin' Sevens. Has a lead by two over Princess of Cairo who's running out of time in real estate. Zippin' Sevens, a 23 to one upset. Alex Cruz aboard Zippin' Sevens on mile day. That upset victory in the Emerald Distaff and uh, an outstanding ride there. And he is uh, on a good track to be a three-time Emerald Downs jockey champion, Vince. Listen to this, uh, guys. So Alex Cruz, first year here in 2020, he wins the title, 72 wins in 38 days. And then for an encore in 2021, 75 wins in 49 days. And so far in 2022, 88 wins in 50 days. Mm. That includes 28 multiple win days, two days with five wins. And then, of course, a couple other things. Last year, Alex got our top riding achievement with that unbelievable win on Akazi. Yeah. Where uh, they lo- he lost the irons at the start of the race and somehow still managed to get her in front at the wire. And then, of course, uh, there was that 46 straight winning day spanning 2020 and 2021 that uh, broke Kevin Radke's track record. So Alex has just had an unbelievable run here at Emerald Downs. He really has. Yeah, that consecutive streak was fantastic. And Alex joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Alex, good afternoon. How are you? How are you, yo? Hey, very good. Good to have you on, our leading rider. And you've just uh, done so well here in the Pacific Northwest. Let's go over. How did you get up here in the first place back in 2020? Man... That was on the pandemia, uh, the COVID hit uh, United States, uh, all around. 
and they were shutting down every place. Yeah. And my plan was uh, go to to uh, we Rogers in mm, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. From Phoenix to uh, Oklahoma, and when I get there, they didn't allow. They didn't allow. They don't accept new riders from mm. another state. And I didn't knew what I'm gonna do after that. And you know, David Singer, the Marvels, uh, called me. That was like uh, an angel in that time, and he was looking for a rider. And I say I don't have any plans in my mind right now. I don't know where I'm going right now. And I say, what you got? And he offered me to come here to Emerald Downs, and. I've been lucky to get here and do pretty good. Pretty good indeed. Yeah, that was great. Okay, yeah, COVID 2020, uh, Turf Paradise, I think, shut down in February. February, yeah. So like so many tracks did. So yeah, uh, that opportunity presented itself. And uh, how about, tell tell us one thing about David Marble Singer, the agent that we don't know. And we know he's a hard worker and boy, you guys have done so well together. What do you like about him? Man, he's a nice guy, man. He works hard. He likes to work. He just moving, moving. He always moving around, moving around. He just gets stressed. He don't have any job for us. And <laughs> that's a perfect agent, man. When you work hard, yeah, your writers, you know, do his job and... This is a compliment, you know. This is like a team. You work hard, I work hard. We got a, a like a like a we say our work paid off, you know. Alex, uh, Bill Downs here. I have a question about the agent jockey relationship. With Marbles being the the leading agent here, do you just defer to him whatever he says you're going to ride, or do you have uh, any sort of veto power? Where you can say, "Hey, I I want to ride this horse over another I horse." I just let him do his job. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of rider uh, that uh, choose the horse. He know what he's doing. You know. Yep. I just let every everything on his hand. I just trust him, and we are we are having nice results. You got that right. Hmm. Alex, uh, Vince here. You originally, I understand, from Puerto Rico, and and how did you learn how to ride? Did you have any uh, background in your family, uh, jockeys, or anything like that? Well, my dad he, he owned horses from my country, and I got three brothers that train horses over there too. And when I get fifteen years old, fifteen, sixteen years old, they start talking to me and saying, "We got the trainer, we got the owner." We just need the rider. And I was skinny that time, uh, still skinny. And <laughs> I I make that decision like from from the morning to the next day because uh, in my head never well, I have the plans to be a rider, you know. Well, uh, it's worked out really well for you and for fans that have watched you and for uh, everybody con- con- uh, connected with your mounts and uh let's talk a little bit about zip and sevens that was a fantastic upset 
as we heard on the audio there in the Emerald Distaff. Now, you knew that filly pretty well. You broke her maiden in 2020, your first year up here, won another sprint with her. And uh, what what were your thoughts on her getting the two-turn distance? And, and she broke so well. Were you looking for the lead right away on her? Well, I knew I knew she was ready. Mm-hmm. I was working her, but I was not having the chance to ride her. And I know her pretty well. Uh she missed before that stake. She missed another stake. If I know, if I'm right, another stake that I knew she have a nice chance to win, and the trainer didn't miss that race, and we talked against to put her in the stake, but we was afraid about the distance because she never been mm-hmm. on the mile before. But we knew she was ready. What we can lose, you know? Let's try. We need to try once in in her career, you know? And she do it so good, so nice. And we got it back again for this weekend. That's right. You're in, uh, I think she's going to be one of the favorites, fellas. Her in Blazing Bella Blue. Who, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm afraid right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, Blazing Bella Blue was uh, your mount uh, all last year, Washington Horse of the Year. Well, we talked about yeah. zipping sevens going around the ground. What about Chuckanut Bay? First time going around the ground in, uh, in Sunday's uh, Gottstein Futurity. What do you know? What do you think about Chuckanut Bay getting two turns? We know it, he's got plenty of early speed. Well, he, if you see. How he broke his maiden, he don't need to be on front. Okay. You know, I'm not afraid, you know, of that race. Uh, he got a nice chance there. I think he can repeat again. Just the place probably depends how show the race. Uh, we he relax the horse at the beginning. If nobody go, we can go, you know. Just depends how show the race at the beginning. But you don't need to be in front. Her dam won the Washington Oaks, correct? And the BC Oaks in the same year. So her mama could sure get uh, a mile. That's putting me over the top, along with Alex in current form on Chuckanut Bay. Really good chance there, as all those two-year-olds are going two turns for the first time. And... uh, Alex, what about riding a horse for the first time and maybe one you haven't even been on in the morning? Uh, boy, we're just seeing your versatility this year really shine, going to the front, or you're, a, of course, a very strong finisher as well. When you get on a horse for the first time, sure, you're going to look at the form and, you you know, probably talk to the trainer a little bit in the paddock, but uh, right. what kind of cues do you get once you get aboard that horse? You got about seven, eight minutes before the gates open. Is there anything that you learn right then? Is it possible to learn anything in the last seven minutes? Well, the way, the way if I don't know the horse, you know, I never see the horse before, just start learning the way he's been running in his past races. Mm-hmm. Look, look the best race, you know, the way he likes to run. And I just talked to the trainer before the race, what he think. I tell him what I'm thinking, too. We want we want to be on the same page, you know? And if he just want to tell me uh, some instruction that he, he don't agree with mine, I just follow his instruction, you mm-hmm. know? But 
most of the trainers, you know, don't give me instruction, you know. And they agree with everything I I think, you know, because we we can we can plan something before the race and anything can happen on the race, you know. Yeah. We need to have a plan B or plan C. Alex, yeah, it looks like you're going to tie Rocco Bowen's record of three straight riding titles at Emerald Downs. Uh, a couple things. What are your plans for this winter, and will you come back next year to try to break the record going for a fourth straight title? Well, uh, my plans after here is going to California, uh, Fresno. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay there for a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, and after that, go back to Phoenix because I don't want to be doing anything for a month and a half. Phoenix is don't start till November. And when I get back here next year, I hope and keep, uh, my, 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 my career on top, you know, uh, keep winning races and, if uh, we can get the title again, I should be more happy than that, you know? Of course, yeah. Well, uh, I would I would think Emerald Downs would be on your plans after the success you've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That is great to hear, though. And, uh, yeah, you've been a, a, a great addition to our jockey colony the last three years, and the success is out there. I think you get along with people as well, and you sure ride, ride well, so... Uh, Thanks for joining us today, and uh, we are looking forward to closing weekend. you got some great opportunities, and I know you'll make the most of them. All right, perfect. Thank you, y'all. Alex, thank you Thanks, very Alex. much. Thanks, Alex. Have a great closing weekend. Thank you. Alex you Cruz think? joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, yeah, it's been quite a string, and he had that uh, – season-long battle last year with Julian Couton, who also had the same agent, and they, they went right down to the last race. Sure did. And to be a leading rider, you know, he reminds me of Rocco Bowen a little bit in the style. Yeah. And and they want to ride every race, and they ride hard every race. You yeah. know, and that, you know, you've heard me say it a million times, one of the hallmarks of greatness is consistency. Yeah. And uh, Alex Cruz is very, very consistent. I think Russell Bays fit into that category. Oh, boy, yeah. Finishing on those... Uh, 6250 claimers. Jerry Hollendorfer, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks very much to Alex for joining us. We're going to take a short time out, and we're going to come back with owner Bob Wilmot and our final segment on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. As they reach the top of the home stretch, smiling goodbye is homeward bound, has a leap by a length and a half too. It's all about the ride. Executive Chef outside second and third. Midnight Mojo's up the inside. And here comes You're the Cause from dead last. Five across the track, 16th ago, Midnight Mojo, but it's You're the Cause. You're the Cause on the outside, Midnight Mojo. You're the Cause in a shocker. You're the Cause one the Muckleshoot Derby, 
at over 50 to 1. And he added a win last Friday at Emerald Downs in defeating Missed the Boat, who is no slouch, and he's now 4 for 4, owned by the Willwin Stables of trainer Debbie Van Horn and Bob Wilmot. And Bob Wilmot joining us right here on Horse Racing Northwest. Bob, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Good to have you on. And uh, have you had uh, a perpetual smile on your face the last six weeks or so? Oh, my whole family's been walking on clouds. <laughs> well, it, uh, one of the reasons why is because he won the Muckleshoot Derby, but he's also four for four at Emerald Downs this year. And he's made uh, some good bank, uh, around $65,000, I believe it is, in purse money. And you claimed him for $8,000 in his, what, second start here at the meeting? Yes. Actually, or first start, first start. I think it's first start, Yeah, because yes. you ran him for 15000 Anyway, yes. it's a great stock buy, you know. We all hear about the different buys and people do well. You got to tell us a story uh, how you guys, you and Debbie, got together and decided to claim you're the cause. Uh, uh, I'd be happy to share that with you. It's a good story. So, well, uh, anyway, we uh, had brought to Emerald from Turf Paradise uh, a couple of horses. Uh, one of them was Mayhem and Chaos, mm-hmm. and he was claimed away from us, which put a little bit of money in, in our account. And we had run a, won a race with him. So we also had the purse money. So we were kind of looking for a horse in the $8,000 range. Uh, and Debbie, uh, had been scanning the, the upcoming programs to see what was running and what might be attractive to her. And she's a pretty good judge of horses. And she sent me three names. You're the cause was one of them. And there were two others. And she said, how do these look, Bob? And uh, I uh, went through them. And I, I'm kind of partial to horses that maybe have some upside. So mm. that kind of makes me lean to the younger ones. And uh, so, so there were two older horses in her group of three. And you're the cause. who's a three-year-old maiden. But he had always uh, earned a piece of the pot of his 11 races. He earned a check in 10 of them. And yeah. he was first, second, or third and I think, nine of them. So we kind of felt like he was the kind of horse that would pay his way. And uh, he really has Boy. done much more than that. Uh, the other thing that we saw with him was coming off of the the uh, synthetic racetrack at Golden Gate, uh, he would have the potential to improve on the dirt. Because often horses who aren't partial to the synthetic can have great improvement on when they come to Emerald and run on the dirt track. So we were kind of hoping for that. By no means did we ever think that he would uh, be able to go from an $8,000 claiming race to a stakes race. Well, But anyway, we stepped him up uh, from an $8,000 claim 
to a $15,000 race with winners, and we thought that was a pretty good step up in class. And when he came from so far back, he was actually left in the gate a little bit, broke slowly, and the the rider uh, uh, let him drift quite a ways back before asking him at the three-eighths pull. And when he asked him, he really made a big move uh, and came up the stretch uh, and ran by everything, and he just kept on going, and we thought, well, maybe he's better than we thought. And that kind of led us toward a discussion to go into the Derby. Yeah, and so your first uh, your first race with him, you stepped him up to 15, and he won. Uh, just when you dropped the claim that day, were there any second thoughts at all, or you'd made the decision and you were going to go with it? No second thoughts. It, it, we had discussed it ahead of time, and uh, our choice was made, and we were really in the market for a horse, and he was the one we picked out, and no, we were all all ready to go. We had the the uh, money in our account and decided to go ahead with it. Bob, I have a question. This is a uh, track announcer, Bill Downs. Um, this horse is just getting better and better. I, you know, everyone can, talks about the Muckleshoot Derby, and you know he was flying late and was fast paced and all that. What I what came really impressed was after the race on September the ninth where he beat, missed the boat. Here he is, a three-year-old taking on some older horses. And it wasn't like, it. you had a good pace, but you weren't that far back. It wasn't like you were in the, you know, trying to close in from the clouds. And, and he beat a, a really professional horse and missed the boat. And on top of that, it's the third straight victory where where the better is getting, getting paid big time. You know, it was 39.40 for that first win. Uh, and then, of course, in the Muckleshoot Derby, he paid $115.60 to win. Uh-huh. And it was a shorter field. It was only a field of five, but he still got he got no respect at the windows. He paid sixteen twenty to win. That, that that race in September the 9th was, was I, I thought, even better than the Muckleshoot Derby. What were your thoughts on, on that race? Well, in a lot of ways, I, I would agree with you. From a, my family's perspective, winning the Derby was... Uh, super special but to step up in that stakes race where we knew we were entering a field of horses in the stake that was going to set a really fast pace because there was a lot of speed and many of them had never routed and we had we had our horse had routed four times down at golden gate so we knew he could run a route and we knew that uh, the speed in the Derby would probably be backing up. And he had made such a nice move in that $15,000 race that we thought he had a chance. So we, we put him in that. But after the race, uh, Debbie and I had discussed, uh, has this horse really proven himself to us? Or was that race just something that set up very nicely for him, which it did. Um, and we decided we were kind of leaning toward either taking him up to British Columbia and running him in the BC Derby or running him with older horses because Emerald 
didn't have any more straight three-year-old races this meet. So we decided, let's see what he can do against older horses. And then Mr. Boat drew into that. And Mr. Boat, like you said, is really a nice horse. And the other horses in that race, all of them had won two or more at Emerald this year. Yeah. And some of them, like that uh, horse, uh, Hunter's Ghost, had won three in very fast times. And we thought that that was a pretty good field of horses for him to run with. And when he pulled away from the rest of them with Missed the Boat down the stretch, uh, he proved to us he's really a nice horse. Yeah, I think they got like a 79 or 78 buyer, which was up several points from the Derby even. Uh, Mr. Wilmot, I wanted to ask you, I think it's neat when some of the smaller trainers sometimes win a big race. How did you uh, 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 come up with Debbie Van Horn as your client-trainer relationship, and uh, what made you select Debbie as a trainer? Well, I've been with De Debbie for 30 years, and... Originally, when we first started, she was a assistant trainer to Keith Drebin, who was training horses at the time. And Debbie always welcomed my parents to the barn. And all, all trainers don't always like to have their owners hanging around the barn. But Debbie was always uh, willing to have us be there and to participate in the training and, and uh, preparation of her horses and she would let my dad and his brother and their walkers as they got older uh, just enjoy the whole experience of racing so I committed to Debbie years ago uh, she, we had a really nice horse uh, he was actually the three year old of the year back uh, around 2000 his name was Knightsbridge Road and uh, I've always said, Debbie, you'll be, probably be the only trainer I ever have because she's always uh, treated our horses with uh, high regard and uh, is just a quality trainer. And she doesn't have a big barn. So um, and from my perspective, my horses get a lot of extra attention from her. And she's a partner in the ownership. So we have really a, a good arrangement going there, and she deserves all the credit in the world for bringing this horse along. Yeah, well, you know, you guys are gamers. Starting that horse in the Muckle Shoot Derby, you were the longest shot on the board in an 11-horse field. Then you're gamers again to go against older horses and miss the boat. And each time you won, so your assessment of horse flesh is good, as well as uh, being willing to give it a try. So, uh, Bob, really good stuff for you. And, you know, the one thing all of us took uh, after Mile Day was it was nice to see you guys win, Debbie, and then, you know, Boz winning a stakes race with his owner, and uh, Tiz Macho Girl, Jeff Metz. Uh, got the Haars, yeah. Yeah, the Haars. Uh, so it was really nice to see some of the money spread around, and I know you were happy to get it in your bank account. And, yeah, we certainly remember Knightsbridge Road. He had just an awesome rivalry with Bud Klockstad's two-year-old, Bub, mm -hmm. who 
did win most of them, but they had four photo finishes in, in uh, races at age two. And then Bub didn't make it much at three while Knightsbridge Road was a stakes winner again at three. So, hey, great stuff, Bob. Uh, uh, you bought some good stock there and you're the cause and it's gone up. And uh, shoot, uh, we might be seeing you on Sunday, who knows, for uh, some season ending honors. So, uh, Really, congratulations to you and Debbie for your selection. And uh, I think you told me earlier, you put a claim in for Miss the Boat at some point this year? Uh, last year. Last year, okay. Last year, we were in a five-way uh, uh, roll, the dice for Miss yep. the Boat, and I think Kay Cooper got it. Okay, yeah, he's changed hands a few times, but boy. And, uh, but he is. I think he's at the top of his game right now. I, if you look at his speed figures, sure is, he's, yeah. he's really running well. Can't argue with that, and you beat him. You're the cause. Won the Muckleshoot Derby, followed it up with a great win last Friday to go four for four at the meeting. Bob, hey, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, happy to hear the story and, and your success this year. Well, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, and we'll see you at the track. Yes, you will. All right. Bob Wilmot joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, that is a heck of a story. Top claiming story of this meet for sure with uh, that record. So good stuff, Bob. Um, Okay. We've got just a few things to do here. Uh, How about some sports shorts from us as we have uh, this. uh, Bill Bill will be joining us uh, via the telephone later this year. We'll we'll nab him for another uh, horse race. Oh, yeah. He's getting out of town pretty soon. He thinks soon. he's getting out of town, and that's it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Contract <laughs> meet negotiations okay. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, how about these stake stats this year at Emerald Downs? We've won, run 18 stakes so far. There have been more 10-to-1 winners plus than favorites. Five 10-to-1 winners, four favorites, also five second favorites, so second favorites three times in track history in 26 years have won stakes uh, more than the favorite that year, just so. three out of 26. But never has a 10-to-1 winner led by favorites. I mean, this is this is uh, oh, unprecedented. We, are, are you telling us to throw out Slews to his whiz and pop his <laughs> golden boy on well, Sunday? Now, they were one of the few that does, that came through as uh, lower-priced horses, but it's been that kind of year, and, of course, mile date was a lot of that. Field size for the stakes is 79 which is better than the last two seasons. We had a big year, actually, in field size in 2019 for stakes, but mm-hmm. uh, it's better this year than the last two. So how about a sport short, Bill? Well, I mean, can it be anything else but okay. our Seattle Mariners? Right. Uh, got to attend the uh, Wednesday game against the uh, San Diego Padres, and it was a victory uh, by the Mariners, 6-1. to one. Luis Castillo with six shutout innings. And got the win for Julio. for the M's, and Julio uh, went deep, uh, as well as uh, Suarez and uh, Santana. And now the Mariners are eighty and sixty-two. And we talked about it before in the sports shorts. The schedule now gets decisively easier. Mm. You're playing all teams that have nothing to play for, while you got everything to play for. And yes, they they got a little bit of a lead. You know, there's three wild cards: Toronto, Tampa Bay and the Mariners, but the, there's no reason why uh, the Mariners can't be the first wildcard team and, and not the third. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, the M's play as I uh, travel back out east 
and it's been a, a lot of fun. You know, of course, they started the season, uh, you know, like nine under five hundred or something like that. They were twenty nine and thirty nine. Yeah, so they're twenty eight games over five hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's seventy eight wow. games. That's as yeah. good as the Dodgers. Uh, uh, you know, everyone talks about the Dodgers and the Astros, and uh, the Mariners uh, have, have been a. a, a a fun story to uh, watch at, as they ascend up the standings in the, in the American League. Very, Very good. good. Yeah. Um, I, oh, okay. Go ahead, Vince. Sorry. Oh, what was I it? Had a, I had a Mariner thought, but uh, go oh, for it. is uh, is this a one-game playoff still for the wild card? No, I believe it's a best of three. Is it? Okay. Ex- except the uh, they play all the games in one team. There's no travel. So if, ah. if you host, you host. Okay. I believe that's the new arrangement. All right. So. They're in good shape, like Bill says. Okay, uh, I'll go with Joe on about some payoffs this year. Um, doing, we got to pick five carryover on Saturday, That's right? right? Yeah, is it nine thousand and nine thousand seventy nine dollars thereabouts? Uh, so we got that last uh, five races on the. We got eleven races on Saturday and eleven races on Sunday. So the last five was that race seven? Yeah, yeah, race seven will start. We've had 50 days of racing, and listen to some of these pick five payoffs at the meet. 37668 on August 19th, 19812 on September 4th, 18581 July 31st, 9169 on July 29th, 9124 on July 10th. The Emerald Downs pick five has been a heck of a wager that this year, guys. And it's another chance on this uh, Saturday. So do your handicapping for those, those final are, five races. Yeah, those are some really strong payoffs because, you know, let's face it, we've had some of the weekdays. We've had a lot of uh, six-point-something field size. Yeah. But to get those kind of payoffs is really uh, a heck of a reward on your pick five, your 50-cent yeah. wager. And Saturday, we were, were it's already seated with over nine grand in there. Yeah, carry over in the pick five, races 7 through 11 on Saturday. Okay, some uh, we've been doing a little different handicapping angles. I, I put out for us this week, uh, anything new that you learned at the Emerald Downs meeting this year or you were reminded of a certain thing? And I'll start that off by saying that on mile day, we're going back to that, we had all those upsets, and two of the races were three-year-old races, full of horses that were probably doing pretty well, but they'd been sprinting. So when you got a big field and you got horses doing something for the first time, mm-hmm. you, uh, you might uh, take a look, go pretty deep in your handicapping there because, you know, Slack Tide is a really good horse, but she hadn't been routing and there is a chance to beat the favorite in races like that. And it certainly happened as I uh, do a little red boarding there for a mile day. But uh, those are the type yeah. of races where upsets are, are possible, and it did happen this year. I'll carry on with that theme, yeah. And and uh, Bob Wilmot mentioned that, you know, one of the reasons they decided to go in the in the Muckleshoot Derby was that the horse had won at a mile. Yeah. And as I did the morning line on that race, I had him at 30 originally, and I said, you know what, I'm going to knock it down to 20 because the horse has routed before, and a lot of these haven't, including some of the contenders. So... You I did, actually, you did that, huh? Yeah, you, I did. I okay. knocked it down from thirty to twenty, just on that premise that you know what, this horse is 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 has routed pretty well and might be finishing, you know. But I was wrong. The horse went off at fifty something to one. But I kind of see why why you would do that as an owner. You know, you're looking at a race like that where a lot of your top competition isn't proven around two turns. So I get uh, that's just picking up on your theme. If you're handicapping. Uh, young horses and uh, you're looking at a route race proven ability at the distance can be a big factor okay bill 
Well, George Rosales wins lots of races around here. That I learned that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, the two-year-olds. I, I I love watching the two-year-olds around here, and it, you know, it takes a while before it, they get to the races. But there's a lot of lot of uh, uh, trouble trips for these these young horses, and you I bet. like. I like watching um, race videos and and seeing what what happened in races and then uh, coming back uh, with a horse uh, next time out. And one of those um, examples is uh, Ice Tower, who uh, had all sorts of trouble in a maiden race on August the 14th and came back uh, three weeks later and won at six to one on September the 4th. And I just could tell that this horse had some talent. It just had the rail and didn't have the rail the second start and a more cozy outside draw and uh, and boy oh boy did he uh, uh kick it home in the stretch uh, to win that uh, maiden race and he's i think one of the contenders in the godstein futurity he's eight to one and vince's uh, morning line juan gutierrez uh, picks up the ride as leslie mowing uh, goes with it's turbo who uh, uh won the stake from far off the pace on august the 7th but uh you know, um, it's turbo is certainly a, a threat, but I think uh, ice tower has a whole lot of, uh, whole lot of upside, uh, for trainer Vince Gibson and, uh, him and, and then I guess this would be my handicapping. You know, you mentioned, that's I, it. I mentioned Let's we get had, right yeah, into it. Yeah. So I like ice tower and the Godstein futurity. I You're have respect for chucking out to bay, but the other one, uh, I think we'll get a decent price on. Tom Wenzel's got three in the race and he usually puts Eddie Martinez on his uh, number one horse. But I think the, the that Lloyd's logic uh, makes a lot of sense. Now he has an outside draw. He's the 11 horse in the race, but he is bred to go the distance. He has some two turn route breeding by the factor. Yeah. I might say the factor was uh, more of a sprinter, but he's getting horses that are, are winning going around a ground oh, yeah. and he's out of a Curlin mare uh, Lagrange. And this this uh, this uh, colt is bred for two turns, mm-hmm. and he's just getting better and better with each and every start. He won his maiden last time out by five lengths. Yeah, he made the front end. He's going to have to you know show you know some sort of rateability being from the outside one of the outside posts. But I thought he he has an interesting uh, uh, shot in the Godstein Futurity. So a couple horses that I think will are prices uh, Ice Tower and Lloyd's Logic. And Sunday's tenth race, the Godstein. Futurity. I think that's interesting. Yeah, and and I think all three of Wenzel's horses are owned by George Sidaro, who of course won the race last year with Midnight Mojo. So good history there. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I just in the last two three hours, I looked up a lot of the dams in the Godstein, but I didn't look up Lagrange. But as you mentioned, she's by Curlin, so uh, there's a good chance that that's uh, Route family as well. Yeah, and he he could easily get position into the first turn with his tactical speed. I put Chuckanut Bay on top because he's game and he is sharp and he's good. And then he's out of Zenovit, which Vince brought up. Yeah, Zenovit won the Washington Oaks and the BC Oaks as a three-year-old. I, I, so th- there's some route family. And there. there's some talent there. What do you guys think, though? Was That was a pretty hard race for a two-year-old. Yeah. Boy, they went tooth and nail at each other from about the 316th home and uh, coming back relatively quick. Three but, weeks, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, But I'm going to put him on top because of that. And I put Ice Tower second because I'm agreeing with Bill, uh, I was on him in that second race as well. He's by dialed in, and he's got, he definitely has some talent. I went one, two with those. Uh, any other stakes uh, to handicap, Bill? Did you do anything? Well, we got the Papa's Golden Boy and Sluice to his whiz. Yeah. You, don't need okay. me. you don't need me for that. And I'm really, you know, I, and I'm kind of interested in Blazing Bella Blue. 
You know, she's been off since uh, the Hastings uh, in late June, and she had a couple workouts after the race, and then she had a little bit of a gap, and then she started up again on August the 8th, and now it's been like clockwork, and Charlie Essex has been able to put uh, breeze after breeze into Blazing Bella Blue, and I'm expecting a, a huge race from her. Yeah, she's the favorite 7-5, to five, uh, but maybe maybe Zippin' Sevens takes a little bit more money than... Uh, and then people think, and maybe we get a decent, uh, you know, a relative decent price. Uh, so I'm really excited about Blazing Bella Blue, who I uh, I think is uh, going to shine in in the in the Wacob Philly Amer. Okay, yeah, this will be just her second start of 2022 after being Washington Horse of the Year last year. I did put Zip and Sevens on top there because there there is a little bit of sprint speed in there that that might be difficult for her but boy she really ran a big race there in the in the distaff uh a solid pace and uh <laughs> wasn't even close to being caught late by a large field i'm not talking about a stakes here but i wanted okay. to call attention to saturday's third race i mentioned this to both of you guys we got a horse in there called bethel ridge mm-hmm. saturday's third race horses eight for 24 lifetime yeah. 0 for 16 at Emerald Downs, 8 for 8 elsewhere. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that, guys. Yeah, that's that's something. Um, now, well, horses got a shot in that race. You know, it's kind of a toughie. Uh, I think it's 9 to 2 on the line, but that is an interesting stat. That is. Uh, Mike Mance Gold, 26 wins here and 0 for uh, Turf Paradise and Del Mar. Uh, I found another and, one. And about, what, 15 starts down there. Probably. Do you remember a horse called Honest Cow? I vaguely 26 wins at sundowns wow so that might tie the state record for most wins at a track um what did you make ziva d in the fourth race tomorrow you remember Three, i do four, not eight remember to one. eight okay i'm picking ziva d i'm trying to remember why here exactly okay she veered in at the start lost two um in her first race um she's from a productive female family she moves outside a little bit i guess i uh i don't have too much other than that but i did put her on top in a two-year-old maiden race on saturday ziva d for vince gibson you guys are both two-year-old really good two-year-old handicappers and i trust your opinion on that who do you like in there that one bill well, i i i I circled nation's bell for for k cooper it seems like um um you know nationhood horses you can produce a, a two-year-old winner at a decent clip so that kind of swayed me on that on top of that k cooper pretty good with uh, first-time starters though does not usually start them in a maiden claiming race the first out but it does have at least one maiden claiming win i'm looking at my uh, drf stats and you know the last workout was a gate workout seemed lively enough and just it's one of those races that, that you know the horses with racing experience you know lady attitude vince had to make the favorites at nine to five and i understand that but i i'm not uh, totally scared uh, off of uh, trying a first time starter in there um so i, I nation's bell was one that uh, i thought uh warranted a look hmm. very good and you know another two-year-old who's in on saturday in the fifth race made in special weight for phillies uh, Ron Bowman and Ron and Nina Hagen's Ms. Flashy Harbor. Yeah. She debuted in the Washington Cup Juvenile. Uh, she had the one hole. Yep. John Lindley's trip notes say three slow. I watched the, the replay there. Uh, and then she was wide. She was flying down the stretch. In fact, uh, you know, if that race was uh, another 
50 yards, she might have won it. She was moving that quickly. And so think, she, she's yeah. a full sister to, or, or a half sister to Lynn, Ms. Lynn. Who's also in this weekend. Yeah. Is Alex Cruz riding this one? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So that, that one definitely. I watched the replay again after Joe mentioned that, and, and that she did finish full run. She did. So she might have a little talent. I put her on top there in the, in the fifth. So, okay. Well, there's uh, some selections. Bill and myself, our selections are at emeralddowns.com in the racing category under selections. Okay, uh, trivia. Last week, which Emerald Downs jockey has the most seasons in track history with at least one win? And, uh, you know, a lot of people would think Juan Gutierrez because he started here in 2000, but another jockey started here in 2000. And she never missed a season like Juan took 2018 off. He was a little bit ding dinged up from the year before. Jennifer Whitaker has won here uh, 23 seasons. Juan Gutierrez has won here 22 seasons. How so, about that? Yeah. That's great. So Jennifer Whitaker is the answer to that. And we did get a couple of uh, winning reply. You know who it was? It was uh, Michael Tarlow and uh, Russ Nakagawa. Both got that one. Russ so, is awesome. Yeah, they are. Both of them are. Okay, our new question, send your uh, answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Who has the most earnings? Which horse has the most earnings at this meeting without earning $1 in stakes money? The horse with the most earnings, no stakes money. And if you don't know how to look stuff up at equibase.com, it's pretty easy to do that. Uh, it's all for free. So if you want to do some research on that, which I'm, I had to do, you can do it. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Okay, that's it. Thanks to our guests, Alex Cruz and Bob Wilmot. And uh, Bill, when are you heading out of town? Uh, after the last race on Sunday. Are you? He, yep. He's going to be listening to the Packers. Right away? Right away. Okay. I got a 2,600-mile drive okay. back to Pittsburgh. So I'm going to knock out some uh, on, on Sunday evening, get to uh, the Spokane general area. And what did we figure? You, the Packers and Bears, you'll get to listen. That's a Sunday night game. So yep. your beloved Packers, you'll listen to the second half maybe? Yep, yep, probably. That'll oh, it's a Sunday night game. Sunday so night game. We got eleven races though, so I'm, I'm guessing. It, you know. yeah. Well, the Emerald Racing Club, we got one in the final race of the meet, and it, so I had to look it up. Seven fourteen p.m. There okay. you go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this year, Bill, and I hope you had a good, enjoyable first season at Emerald Downs. Yes, absolutely, Joe. Very good. No okay. Well, that's horse racing Northwest for this week. Hope to see you at the track again. Uh, Fan Appreciation Day on Sunday. Free admission to all. Horse Racing Northwest.